turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we're here talking about car repair problems and questions. And I can also handle horse trailers and diesel trucks. I can handle RVs. I can handle... um, Gray water issues, black water issues, tire issues, and oil issues. I'm I'm pretty good in those kinds of things. But I'll let you be the judge. And if you have a question, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We have three lines open. Mark and Bill are going to be my callers right after I tell you about quality transmission. Folks, there's a shop in South Chandler that's going to tell you they're going to rebuild your transmission for $1,900, $2,300, $2,500 which is far cheaper than all the other prices you got. But once they get your transmission apart, it's going to double, and there's nothing you can do about it. You see, your transmission apart can be anywhere from 800 parts to 1,000 parts, and there's no other transmission shop in town going to take your transmission in what we call a grocery cart. You can't tow your car out and send it someplace because the first transmission shop can keep a couple of special bolts or a couple of special parts and drive the second transmission crazy, shop crazy. So at Quality Transmission, they don't play those games. They're so experienced that they know exactly what they're going to do to repair your transmission. They know exactly the parts that need to be done. They've been there, done that. Quality Transmission's on McClintock, north of University, been around a very long time, a very good shop or they wouldn't be on our best car repair shops list. Let's go to the phones. Mark, good morning to you. How can I help you? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, I have a 2006 Chevy Impala, and I had it in for some service, and a problem that we're having with it is every time we turn on the air conditioning, we get a real musty smell for about a minute or so, and then it goes away. And uh, they changed the cabin air filter on it, but that did not help at all. Okay. Let me ask you, I think I can fix this easy. When you drive the car, are you in recirculatory or are you outside air, or do you know the difference? I know the difference. Um, It's usually my wife driving the car, so I'm not sure. Oh, well, that's the problem right there, just between (laughs) you and me. Um, Really, the musty smell is because of moisture, and the moisture is typically because we're using recirculation all the time. And so the box behind, it's called the evaporative box, evaporator box. It's behind the glove box inside the car underneath the windshield. And that gets all moldy. And the way to fix it is to start running some outside air through it. And let's put some fresh air in there. So we go away from recirculatory and we drop the passenger window down about two or three inches. And she can have all the heat and all the air conditioning she wants, but I want her out of 
recirculation because when we recirculate the, the air inside the car, we just build on that moisture, more moisture, more moisture, more moisture, more moisture, and we never get good hot air. Now, the air that's coming in on the outside is through that grill right in front of the windshield, and, of course, a lot of the air is coming from the engine compartment, so it's warm. So we're going to pump warm air into the evaporative box. We're going to dry it out, and then we get better air. This isn't something that's going to fix overnight. This is something that's going to fix um, probably in March or April when we start getting some good warm air and we can dry out the evaporative box. But, yeah, the cabin filter was a good guess, but more more times than not, the musty odor is just something that needs we need to change the way we use our air conditioning or our climate control system and go away from recirculatory and go into outside air. Okay? Okay, great. Thank you very much. Good luck to you. Thank you. All righty, Bill, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. I've got a 2007 Dodge Dakota with the 4.7. Okay. And last June, it started intermittently missing. And it would do it in any driving condition you could possibly do. It would mess for a few minutes, and then it would be fine for a couple of hours, and then it would come and go and come and go. I gave it to... Uh, uh, mechanic friend of mine, he drove it for about two weeks, didn't miss a lick. I get it back, it starts missing again. Okay. Uh, you only have two choices. You, how many miles are on it? Uh, right now, 110,000. Okay. You only have two choices right now. Um, you, you, yeah. you have to be able to demonstrate it, and it has to be there f to be found. So, you know, this is not an uncommon thing. We deal with this every day. But your choices are wait till it gets worse and easier to find or start guessing with your money. Those are your two right. options. Right. So if you want to start guessing with your money, has it had a set of plugs since day one? Yep. Has it had a set of wires? Well, it's got the coils that are on. All each, there are no wires. Okay. Coil. Who, all right, good. You've answered my question. Let me ask you, who changed the spark plugs? I did. Okay. Then it's 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 a strong possibility the problem still lies there because, unfortunately, you just don't know what to look for. And you know those little bitty boots that go between the coil and the plug? Yep. Those, the, it, well, first of all, that's correctly called coil over ignition. Right. So, and you didn't look at the boots, but a good trained gray-haired guy would have looked at the boots and seen inside the boots or on the outside of the boots these little, just one, just one little bitty white mark. And he would have used dielectric grease on both ends of the boot, and we're not going to do boot, we're not going to do spark plugs at 100,000 miles without replacing the boots. Mm -hmm. So there, I would say there is a 75% chance that if you were to take, um, and let's pull the plugs out to make sure none of the insulators are broken, let's make sure the, that the plugs look good and the color on all the spark plugs look the same, yeah, put them back that. in, Okay, and then go and buy, buy yourself the new boots and buy yourself a tube of dielectric grease. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like toothpaste, and you're going to put a dab on the coil connector and a dab on the spark plug. And what I usually do is when, before I put the plug in, on the business end of the spark plug, which is not the, the this end in the cylinder but on the, what's going to attach to the boot, uh, I'm going to take and just put dielectric right around that tip. So when I slide the boot on, it just goes on real nice. 
I think you have a 75% chance if you'll go in and replace the boots and use dielectric. Okay. Uh, um, here's, the, here's the weird part that I don't know if this has any effect on what you just told me or not, but when the, when the vehicle was not, when I first started up in the morning, it mm -hmm. wouldn't miss until it warmed up, got to operating temperature. Okay. That's when the missing started. And also, as soon as the weather changed and it got, you know, normal winter weather here, it hasn't missed a lick since. Okay. Well, um, I think you're talking about moisture content of the air or humidity. So, I, and, and you're right. You can't fix a car based on that because the answer to that will be only after you find the problem and fix it. So once you fix it, you go, oh, okay, well, here's the relationship between cold and hot and winter and summer. Th that's okay. We can do it. But, but to have that question on the table first, um, I strongly suggest that you focus on fixing the problem and not trying to focus um, on how to fix the problem based on environmental issues. I think uh -huh. you're making a mistake. I think you're better off to go to the ignition system, which is where it sounds like it's going to be, and I doubt very seriously if it's going to be a cam sensor or a crank sensor because you'd have had a check engine light for that one. And and the computer's going to have a tough time knowing if the boot's bad or if we're arcing through the right. boot and into the into the um, spark plug. The, the, only, the only codes that the vehicle ever threw were uh, it, that P300 code and intermittent mist, but that didn't uh -huh. really help me. <laughs> well, and that's that's... Like I said, you don't even know what state you're in at the P300 code. Right, exactly. So in inter intermittent miss, you, you know, if we have a, a specific cylinder, and it's a, if it's number one, you can't count on it, it's number one because the computer starts counting at number one. Right. So if the firing order is 18436572, then if it's number one, it could be any one of those other seven cylinders. So then that's when you start swapping parts. So you take the coil off of two, and you move it to four, and you move four to two, and then you just clear the codes, and then you go drive the car. And if the problem moves, then it's the coil. And if the problem doesn't move, it's not the coil. That's kind of how it works. All righty? Okay, great. All right, good luck to you. Thank you very okay. much. You bet. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And let's go to Sean. Sean, good morning to you. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. I Hi. got a uh, two thousand Silverado, one hundred and seventy thousand miles, and okay. the last few oil changes that I've done. Uh huh. In, in between, I think I'm doing it at three thousand. I'd have to double check that, but the change oil light seems to be going on after about. 1,500, 2,000 miles, and I just started doing that the last couple of oil changes. I was wondering why. That's a question I've never had before. L let me ask you this. Are you clearing <laughs> Are you clearing the check or change oil light when every time you do your oil change? Well, I can't get into the, the little oil change place by the Chevy dealer. I assume they're doing that. I don't, I don't do it. I can ask them that okay. question. Well, it, no, asking them the question, asking my shop that question isn't going to do you any good because when we walk out and ask the tech if he did it, your car was, you know, 30, 40 cars ago. He's not going to know. But let me tell you what I think might be happening. I think no one's setting the light. And so if it doesn't set the light, then the light starts narrowing up the parameters. 
I think if you look in your owner's manual, as a matter of fact, I know if you look in your owner's manual, you'll find out how to reset the light yourself. Okay. And and there's you know there's I got to tell you there's crazy ways like honk the horn twice, roll the passenger window down, raise it up, and then wave a dead chicken around your head and hit the windshield once. I mean it's weird, but on your Silverado it could be as easy as this: turn the key on and push the pedal to the floor five times within five seconds. Engine off, key on, push your pedal to the floor five times. Now, there's a lot of guys out there going, Mark, it can only be three. It's only three. But you know what? There are times that there's cars out there, and I'm talking to everybody now, there's times that it could be four or five. And so you're going to do it. If the number's three, it'll still clear. <laughs> and, and if it sees two more, it's not going to care. So get in your owner's manual. Find out what it is. Next time you have an oil change done, you reset the light. And then I bet it goes back to your normal three or four thousand mile interval. But in, and I can tell you historically, we screw up and we don't change the, and reset the light, and the customer will come back in on a short duty cycle and say, you know, why did it come on? And our answer typically is, is we didn't set the light, so we screwed up. So we're sorry, and we'll reset it now. But in reality, let's do the math real quick, and I'm going to bring in. I'm so I'm going to put a window sticker that says at this mileage, don't wait for the light, and then we'll reset it, and we'll get you back in sequence at that point. I think that's what's happened. All righty. Makes sense. Can I get another right. one for you? Um, you can, but I got to take a break, so you stay right there. We're going to put you on hold, and I'll be back in about three minutes. I'm Mark Salem. This is 17 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. We'll be back right after this. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. The New York Times recently reported on new research on the origin of dogs with unexpected lessons about the vital connection between family values and self-reliance. Dogs are closely related to wolves, so close, in fact, that dogs and wolves can interbreed easily, and some scientists don't even accept the idea that they constitute separate species. But when it comes to mating and offspring, there's a big difference. As the Times observes, wolves mate for the long haul and wolf dads help with the young. While dogs are completely promiscuous and the males pay no attention to their offspring. When human beings behave like dogs with promiscuous and uninvolved males, they become dependent like dogs, counting on some higher power like government to meet their needs. But when we act like wolves with lasting relationships and involved fathers, we can take care of ourselves and live with dignity and independence without relying on some all-powerful master and provider. I'm Michael Medved. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. The New York Times recently reported on new research on the origin of dogs with unexpected lessons about the vital connection between family values and self-reliance. 
Dogs are closely related to wolves, so close, in fact, that dogs and wolves can interbreed easily, and some scientists don't even accept the idea that they constitute separate species. But when it comes to mating and offspring, there's a big difference. As the Times observes, wolves mate for the long haul, and wolf dads help with the young, while dogs are completely promiscuous and the males pay no attention to their offspring. When human beings behave like dogs with promiscuous and uninvolved males, they become dependent like dogs, counting on some higher power like government to meet their needs. But when we act like wolves with lasting relationships and involved fathers, we can take care of ourselves and live with dignity and independence without relying on some all-powerful master and provider. I'm Michael Medved. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Students who read and are read too do better in school and in life. Every child can learn to read, and reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. 960, The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We've got four lines open right now, 602-508-0960. If you were to call in right now, you would almost assuredly get an open line, 602-508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Action Auto Repair. They're at I-17 in Deer Valley, family-owned family-owned, and full-serviced auto repair shop that's been in the Deer Valley and North Phoenix area since 1983. They have ASE Master Certified Technicians, and they have a certified BMW technician. Tom's a good guy. His shop's a very honest and reputable facility, and these guys know how to diagnose and repair. Well, diagnose and then bid the repair, successfully affect the repair, verify that the symptom is gone, and then hand you the keys and still be under their estimate. So that's what kind of a shop Action Auto Repair is. Hey, Sean, you had a second question, and I'm ready for it, so go right ahead. All right. Same vehicle, 2000 Silverado. The power window, when it gets really chilly in the morning, it goes up really, really, really slow. Okay. More than likely, what you would do if you wanted to fix this yourself would be take the door panels off both front doors and look at the the scissor assembly which is called the regulator because the motor lifts the window up and down and you're probably going to see some worn rivets or maybe an elongated hole you're going to see a difference when you compare the two between one that goes up fast and one that doesn't you'll also probably take some WD-40 in there and you're going to see this round ball that slides in this channel and maybe that channel has a whole bunch of dirt or maybe it has a dead rat in it or Maybe it's got a whole bunch of trash or whatever, but you'll see the difference, and you'll know the difference. But for a repair shop in that case, we would bid probably a motor and a an regulator assembly on the bet that one of the two of them is bad, and we can't diagnose which one it is. It could be that the motor is weak, or it could be that the regulator's bad, but by the time we take the motor and regulator out to test it on the bench, we might as well just put one in it. So I think that's the low and the high on, on either side. You can take the two door panels off, and you can lube and clean. And, and as you watch it go up and down, you'll clearly see how it does that. 
I don't know, the chances of you having an inductive amp probe are pretty slim, but we would grab the power of the ground wire on the motor with an inductive amp probe and we would measure the amp draw up and down, left and right. When we did that, if this motor over here was 8 amps up and down and this one over here was 20 amps up and down, clearly we, we have to identify whether the regulator's binding or whether the motor's bad. And that's probably where you'd be. All righty? Appreciate it. I like your show. Have a good weekend. Thank, and same to you. Thank you very much for your compliments. Thank you. All righty. Gil, is anybody standing by? Gary, good morning to you, buddy. Thanks for calling. How can I help you? Hey, Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm good. Hey, I got an 83, uh, Dodge, 83 Dodge W150, um, and it's got the original water pump on it, and I had to replace the uh, timing uh, cover on it. So okay. I wanted to put a new water pump on there, and I've been, I got a new water pump. I tried to bolt it on there, and it bolted up fine. It's just the accessories like the smog pump and the power steering pump. Uh, it was binding up, and finally I started measuring the thickness i don't know if you mm -hmm. want to call it the journals where the bolts go through they're, yeah. they're not the, they're not the same thickness uh okay and i i don't know what to do because everybody around town has them has them an inch and nine sixteenths and it needs to be an inch and three quarter okay thick for everything uh, to line up all right that's exactly why you never give them the old part until you're sure oh i didn't and, give them anything okay have you given them the old water pump no i got it right here next to me because i've been that's going all around you need. That's all you need. It, it, you're going to have to find the gray-haired guy that's going to understand that it, back in the 80s that he's going to have to have the eighth digit of the tenth digit of the VIN, and he's going to open up his his book, and he's not going to just punch in a 1983 uh, W150, and he's going to hand you a water pump. He's going to have to look at the accessory package. He's going to have to look at a lot of things. The problem is, is that... There are a lot of young people in our parts industry that just simply don't have the ability or the want or the need to just think outside of the box. And this happens to us all the time in the 80s. The 80s were the worst cars in the world because that's the transition period when we went from carburetors to electronic carburetors and when we went from no computers to computers and in this late 70s 74 76 78 we went from points and condensers to electronic ignition and boy the 70s and 80s were tough for all of us but this it's just a matter of nobody has the right part number yet where, where do you live i live in glendale 43rd avenue bell okay i would call mike at mike's auto tech and I would ask him who he uses for his parts, and I would run this by him, and tell him you got the 83 Dodge F1 or the W150, and that you're having a tough time with the water pump, and the measurements on the hub of the water pump, as well as the accessory mounting. But whatever you do, don't you give back that pump until you set the two of them flat on a table, and you look at every single knob, every single hole, every single measurement compared to the one you're taking off to the one you're putting on. Okay. Now, you also have to think outside the box, because what motor has this got in it? It's got a 318. Okay. Do you know that for sure, and how do you know that for sure? Um, it's inside the uh, uh, motor compartment on a, on a sticker. Okay. It's a five-point, it I'm sorry. Okay, did you, did you buy it new? Uh, my father did, yes. Okay. 
there's always a possibility that somebody put a new fender on it with a different tag. So I would be looking at a 360 and some other motor options to see okay. if maybe that that's not really a 318. No, this this truck has never been in an accident or anything like that. It's got the original water pump on it. But yeah, I know. But but there's always a possibility that it's, I mean, we have to. So you don't you don't want to eliminate the fact that at one day this was on a hoist at a garage and somebody accidentally dropped the thing and poked a hole in the inner fender liner where the sticker's at, so then they went to the junkyard and got another one and cleaned it up and put it on and didn't tell your dad. I mean, that that stuff happens all I'm just telling you, you already know you're not getting the right water pump, and I'm just right. giving you all the reasons you're probably not getting the right water pump. I got you. All righty. So you said it was Mike at Mike's Auto? Yeah, Mike's Auto Tech, and he's in Glendale, and he works on older cars. And I would ask him, have you ever run into this problem before? And who is your source of parts? And I need a gray-haired guy that's going to help me look this up. Okay. Now, the other thing you could also do if you wanted to is you could call, like, the TRW helpline, and you would just Google TRW helpline, technical line, and call up there. they got gray-haired guys there, and you're going to say, this is a problem I got and from the top of the table or from the bottom of the pump setting it on the table to the top of the power steering, the one he gave me is a half an inch different than the one I need. Or the gotcha. hub is different. or the hub is, and, and the technical line should be able to help you if you wanted to try that. Okay. All right. All right. Well, good, I'll luck. Take good luck. I'll try to you. the local guy first. Thanks, Mark. Okay. You betcha. You betcha. Uh, it, you know, working on, on cars, especially parts, I want to tell you as much as, as, as much as I'm grateful for the, the ASE Master Techs, Todd and Louie and Eddie and, and, and uh, uh, oh, I'm missing one right now, oh, Adam, and, uh, and some of the other guys that work for me that are really, really good, the guy that makes the best decisions and the guy that makes me look the best is my parts manager, Jeff Mitchell. And he can find parts no one else can find, and he can get them at a really fair price. And and so the parts department in my organization is right up there even with the ability of the technicians who are fixing your car. Because if it weren't for the parts department, the technicians wouldn't look nearly as good as they normally look. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. B. Over the years, we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicle so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be. 
Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's it's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. This is Dan Marley, head coach of Grand Canyon University, inviting you to join the voice of the Lopes, Michael Potter, for an exciting season of antelope basketball. That's right, Dan. GCU is ranked number 10 in mid-major pools and back in the friendly confines of GCU Arena to host Seattle University tonight. The Lopes are atop the wax standings and garnered a vote in this week's prestigious AP Top 25. The tips at 7. Join me and the coach, Dan Nichols, for the pregame show at 645. The Lopes and the Red Hawks tonight on our sister station, Family Values Radio 1010. You won't want to miss a moment of the action. Lopes up. Is your driveway, pool, deck, patio, or sidewalk old and cracked? Save money and don't tear it out. Cover it with Enviro Rubber Paving. Poured in place and proven over 15 years to provide a cooler, strong, durable, and safe surface for parking, walking, playing, and even running. Enviro Rubber Paving can solve your broken concrete and asphalt problems in just one day. Call 1-800-919-5945 or visit EnviroPaving.com. That's 1-800-919-5945 or click EnviroPaving.com. Franchise is now available in the Phoenix area. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs, face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday from 10 to noon, we're here talking about car, car repair questions and problems and symptoms and suggested repairs and suggested uh, things you say and things you don't say and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that you should not say to your shop, and one of them is is just go ahead and fix it. That's a really bad idea. You just say, if you have the repair nailed down and you're absolutely sure this will fix my problem, then just give me an amount I have to write my check for in advance. And that, and, and folks, we're already putting the parts and the labor in the computer. We and, and in order to give you an estimate, we have to build a fake work order. So we're going to build this work order that takes us no time at all. It's going to add shop supplies, environmental charges, and sales tax. 
let's say that that number is two hundred and ten dollars. The estimate that's going to come out of my mouth is two twenty-five. It's going to be two twenty-five for a couple reasons. I need a little couple extra dollars in case I want to change this hose for six bucks that I don't have in my estimate, or maybe I want to do this, or maybe I, that part's not available at that price and it's ten dollars more. So I'm going to raise the estimate just a little bit. I'm going to come in under my estimate a hundred percent of the time, and you know exactly what you're looking at. But I've got all my bases covered. So, and then when you ask for a detailed estimate, I'm going to tell you exactly what parts are in my estimate and what labor's in my estimate, and then I'm going to tell you shop supplies, environmental charges, and sales tax. So I already have that information. You're not asking some to, for me to give you something that I don't already have. And I say I, I mean the entire industry. We already have that information. So the sin is, is that you shouldn't ask for an estimate and they tell you, oh, it's going to be $200, and then you get there and it's 240 oh, there's tax. Now, that doesn't work. That's not the way it's supposed to be. An estimate is, is the total price. So you say to them, how much do I have to write my check for, which creates the visualization that I want a total price, buddy. I want a total price. All righty, let's, uh, let's talk real quick about IMM Auto Service. They're over in Tempe in the northeast corner, south of the 202, west of the 101, and IMM is one of my best friends, and I'll tell you why. He works on cars that really make the rest of us shake in our boots. Volvo, Saabs, Fiat's, and Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo, Fiat's, and Saabs, wow. Those cars were put together by a bunch of drunks somewhere in the world. They don't, they don't mimic the, the systems of other cars especially the Saab and Fiat's. New Fiat's are one thing, but old Fiat's are just an animal all of their own. Picture a dog versus an aardvark. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Dogs are Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, Honda, Toyota. But then you got the, the Saab and the Fiat and the Alfa Romeo. Those are aardvarks. Just tough cars to work on. But anyway, Action Auto Repair has been around, or not Action, IMM, I'm looking at the wrong thing, has been around since 1972. IMM is a good shop, and they deserve to be on our best car repair shop list. Oscar, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Um, I, I just picked up a, a 99 pickup, three-quarter ton with 85,000 miles, but it hasn't been started in five years. Should I automatically replace the fuel pump? No. No, no, not at all. I think what I would do is is that I would uh, drain the oil and put a filter on it. Uh -huh. I think I would get it to crank over. I would probably squirt some carburetor spray in the intake. Is this carbureted or fuel-injected? I think it's fuel-injected. Fuel-injected. Okay. When you turn the key on to the on position, have somebody back by the filler neck and have their uh -huh. ear next to the filler neck. And if you turn it on and they can hear that fuel pump buzz, and that's a pretty good deal. Okay. You don't need to put oil in the spark plug holes because it's not going to crank over immediately anyway. You're going to have to crank it for some period of time, and when you crank it over, it's going to oil the cylinders up, and so when the motor starts, it's going to already going to have oil pressure. And then if you want, have a fire extinguisher close by, have some gloves on. You can spray a little carb spray across the air intake. You can take that rubber hose off the mouth of the intake manifold. Uh -huh. There's some throttle blades there. You can squirt some in there. The car will run and die. So then you open up the throttle blades. You say to the wife, giving me about half throttle. You go pssst, about three seconds. Then you stand back. you got the fire extinguisher there. You say, hit it, honey. And she starts it up. The motor starts and runs. It runs for a few seconds and then dies. Just do that. If after about five or six of those, it doesn't start and run, 
then probably the fuel pump's not developing enough pressure. But it, it's entirely possible it is. Now, I would also go down and get one of those siphon kits and get as much of that five-year-old gasoline out of there as I could. Then I'd put five gallons of fresh gas in it. No more. You don't need to fill it up. And then see what you can do with that. All righty? Sure. I appreciate that. All right. Good luck to you, Oscar. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Luis, you're first, because ladies first, and Douglas, you're second. And if you'd like the third line, you can, 602-508-0960. if you call in right now, we have two open lines available, and you're most certainly going to get one of those two. Luis, you're next. Doug, you're next after that. Douglas, you're next after that. And we'll be right back right after this. If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words, and thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau, and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran Quality Transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is, when you bring your car or truck to Quality Transmission in Tempe. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. You've earned your associate degree. What's next? Transfer to Grand Canyon University, Arizona's premier private Christian university. GCU offers more than 160 academic programs, plus a vibrant campus community and flexible online programs. Experience a simple transfer process that provides same-day transfer evaluations. Tuition assistance is available. Take your next step and transfer to GCU today. Visit gcu.edu slash transfer. You've heard other shows, but now it's time to get the retirement intelligence you want. Intelligence that's innovative and strategic in its thinking, aimed at minimizing risk and maximizing enjoyment. 
That's Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. Listen every Saturday afternoon at 5 and Sunday morning at 6 right here on 960 The Patriot. That's Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner, a strategic asset conservation. Listen every weekend to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner right here on 960 The Patriot. If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Looking to see what's up next on The Hugh Hewitt Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates. The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here helping you with your car problems. If you'd like to join us, you can anytime you want. And the phone number is 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And let me uh, just figure out what the heck happened here, because all of a sudden my uh, headphones are just blasting my ears out, and I must have hit a knob right there. There you go. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by my friends, Bob and Ellen, who run and operate Larry Harker's Auto Repair at 38th Avenue and Indian School. They've been around since 1967. And like I told, let me see here, Bob earlier when he had a forerunner with a problem dying in Stalin, that one of the best diagnosticians that I know in this valley is Bob at Larry Harker's Auto. So if you have a problem that nobody else has been able to fix and you live anywhere near 38th Avenue and Indian School, may I suggest you stop by. You're going to meet Ellen. She runs the front office and the counter. But Bob will ultimately be the one you talk to, and he'll probably want you to take him for a ride and show him what you're talking about. But he's really, really good at fixing cars. That's Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue Indian School. Luis, you're next. How can I help you today? Yes, I'm driving a 1999 Crown Drift with 197,000 miles on it. It gets about... 26 miles to the gallon at 64 miles an hour when there's cruise control. It really runs great, but what happened is before Christmas, my brake lights came on, and I noticed no difference in the driving. I noticed no difference in the braking, whether I'm going backwards, forwards, and turning, and I apply the brake. When I started in the morning, the light is not on. I can put it in reverse, the light's not on. When I go in forward, the light comes on. I check the brake fluid, there is plenty. There is no leak under the car, and I don't know whether to just ignore it at this point or what. What color is the light? It's that uh, yellow, orangey color. There's two of them. One says ASB or something like that for the brake. And there's okay. one on the left side that's a smaller light, and I forgot what that says. Okay. Well, that's an ABS light. And yes. the ABS light is anti-lock braking system. Is that the only light you have on, is the yellow ABS light? There, there's one on the right-hand side of the day, and then a smaller one on the left-hand side. It has okay. A what I, what I color are the two lights? I need to know the they're color they're, of the two lights. They're the same color. So okay. Yeah. Okay, yellow or orange is fine. Yellow or orange is the same as traffic lights. It means caution. It means you don't have to stop. 
but if the if any light comes on the dash that's red, that means stop right now. It doesn't mean next week, next month, next year, or go on home and then run a couple errands. It means right now, because there is going to be damage associated with red dash lights. Okay. So you you you're going to have to f have somebody go in and figure out what's wrong with the car. The ABS light says that you no longer have anti-lock brakes. That means you still have normal brakes, conventional brakes, brakes that we had in the 70s, but you don't have the anti-lock brake computerized control. It's gone to sleep. That system is now down. I and, know one, the of other the, one of the things I've done is to, in reverse, just back up, stop, start, back up, stop, start, thinking I could activate something, but that hasn't helped, nor forward. Well, it, none, you're not going to be able to, to fix this or diagnose it yourself. It takes sophisticated equipment. We're going to have to take and go into the computer, and we're going to have to say, what do you see that you don't like? Now, on the ABS, maybe the computer will say, hey, every time um, she starts the car up, within the first hour, I lose sight of the right rear tire. So I look at all the tires, and I say, hey, left front, how fast are you going? And it says 41. And then the right front says 41, and the left rear says 41, but the right rear says 147, or the right rear says zero. And I don't like that. So when I'm going to turn the light on, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to disable the ABS because I need those four inputs in order to accomplish my goal. So when I lose sight of one of the tire wheel sensors, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to fix your car. I'm not going to try to... I activate the anti-lock brakes because I'm getting a false signal from one of the three tires. So that's kind of what it's like. There, there's nothing you can do to fix this. Someone has to go in and figure out what the computer is seeing that it doesn't like. And that's not hard to do. You're probably going to spend as little as $75 and as much as $125 to have some gray-haired guy look at the car, drive the car, plug in some sophisticated equipment, get on a keyboard and say, hey, what's going on? And the car says, well, this is what's going on. He says, well, how do you know? And the car says this. It's not that kind of a conversation, but it's all in technical jargon. Otherwise, what don't you like? Well, I don't like the split in pressure. The front pressure is 1,500 pounds and the back pressure is only 200 pounds. Well, someone has to know which one of those numbers is bad and it's certainly not going to be you or your neighbor. It's going to be some gray-haired guy that's going to know that 1,500 is fine and 200 in the back is not. So that's kind of what it's all about, Luis. There's, I can't tell you what's wrong with your car, but I can tell you that it is okay to drive because the lights are both yellow. But I would suggest that you go ahead and have somebody look at this because they're both brake-related, and they could easily go from yellow to red. And when it's red, that means usually the repair bill is going to be bigger and more expensive. So it's better to have it deal to deal with it now. Thank you, Louise, for calling. Thank you for trusting us. Douglas, you're up next. How can I help you? Yeah, hi, Mark. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. I live in, uh, I live in Quartzite. I've got a, a 94 Nissan Pathfinder. It's got a 230,000 miles on it. Okay. It runs like a top. Um, I just took a trip to Colorado here in December, and it happens just. Uh, about when I get about 300 miles down the road, uh, if I'm going down a hill and I decelerate, and then I'm going back up the hill and I put the put the fuel put the gas pedal on, uh, it starts stuttering, 
and like it's running on, uh, it's a V6, like it's running on four, uh, four uh, five cylinders, and the engine light comes on, and if I pump the throttle a little bit and just hold it down just a just a half an inch steady, then it'll it'll kick back into six cylinders and run just fine, but the engine light stays on it. And or if I stop at a, a stoplight, I do, you know take off the the, the the throttle, it'll start acting up, and the engine light will come on. And it usually happens at about 300 to 350 miles. So the okay. engine has to be running quite a while. Well, that no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Um, you you just said you, you're coming down a long hill, uh-huh. and then you throttle up to go up the other side. Yeah. And that's not something that Interstate 10 has to offer between the the border and Phoenix. Right. So, well, this this is out of Tuba City. Okay. M- my point is is that you, the, you're saying that it has to be driven 300 miles, and, and I'm saying no, no, it doesn't. Um, but it never, hap- no, it, it never it, happens unless I take a trip to Colorado or New Mexico. If I, if I'm, because I'm a, I'm a uh, semi-retired truck driver, so I'm used to driving 500 miles a day. Okay. So I just, you know, keep it going. Uh, do Douglas, the, uh, Douglas, yeah. stop, 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 okay. Douglas. So you're going to go into a shop and you think you're going to say that he has to drive it 300 miles before this happens, and you really think that that's going to be a good thing? Well, I don't know. See, I just took a trip to, to uh, Yuma the day before yesterday. Drove fine all the way there and back. No problem. Okay. Well, I'm trying to help you, and you're kind of, if you would just listen I'm to me, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to tell you that don't tell him it takes 300 miles to set the engine, check engine light. Don't tell him that. Just tell him to check engine lights on and to go out and, and, and find out why. What's the check engine light trying to say? That's all that needs to happen. Just because the check engine light is off at the time doesn't mean there's historical date. That doesn't mean that the historical date has all been been erased. That doesn't mean they're not going to be able to find codes in there. The check engine light sees the problem, the light's on. When it doesn't see the problem, the light's off. But that doesn't mean we can't go in there and say, hey, you turned the check engine on not too long ago. Tell me what it was. So I, I'm saying it's a bad idea for you to tell somebody they got to go drive it for 300 miles because at 60 miles an hour, you're talking about, what, five hours worth of driving? At 70 miles an hour, four hours, five hours? So you're going to pay the guy $125 an hour to go drive your car for 300 miles, and you think that's going to fix it? The answer is no. So just tell him, I have an intermittent check engine light. It was last on day before yesterday. Would, what's your diagnostic procedure, and how much does your diagnostic charge? And I would imagine in Quartzsite or near the Colorado River, you're going to be as little as $50 and probably as high as 125 on the high side. That's all that has to happen. I have an intermittent check engine light. That's all that has to happen. Right now it's off, but it was on two days ago. Any good shop is going to know what to do. If the guy doesn't know what to do, then he'll probably tell you, I can't fix it. And he's saying to you, I don't have the skills or I don't have the scanner to pu- plug in to your uh, Pathfinder. And, and that's really all it is. But your car is called OBD-1, Onboard Diagnostic Level 1. We're now in OBD-2. But we still have the ability to go in and look at the history. So that's what I would do. Robert, you're up next. Robert, how can I help you today? Hi. Um, I've got an 04 Chevy Cavalier, and it had a clicking noise like on the passenger side of the dash, it turned out to be the heat heater actuator door, the actuator. Uh-huh. But to find it, uh, first thing I thought it was was something to do with that airbag. So I unplugged the uh, fuse on the airbag, and now i got an airbag light on my dash, and it won't go off. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> did you take the, the the airbag out to do the to do the uh, work behind the glove box? No, I crawled underneath there like a a, a little kid, and I dug it out myself without taking okay. the hatch part. Okay. But the Are light, you the sure light that... stayed on. It, all I did was unplug the fuse, and I started the car up, and it, to make sure that wasn't the clicking noise, because I didn't want that airbag to go off and smack okay. the knife in the face. Okay, so turn the key off and disconnect the battery, and let it sit for an hour, Is and that... then, uh, you know, I, I, the the last time the computer you turned the key on, the computer didn't see the airbag light. It didn't see the airbag connection on that passenger side. Okay. And so. So if you plug the even if you plug the fuse in right then, it still has historical data in there that says I didn't see the airbag. So kind of like a, a clean reboot on your computer where I, you unplug I, it from. I, actu I actually did that already. I disconnected okay. the battery and let it sit for like two hours, and then I, because I was doing some work on the car, and um, I put it back on and everything else because the check engine light was on for a little bit. It cleared out and it's got something to do with emissions. But that red light for the airbag came back on. What does it say on an airbag? No, it shows somebody, like a person sitting in a seat with a big old red thing in front of it, like the airbag's going to hit him in the face. And it's a red light? It's a red light. It's on the left-hand okay. side of the dash. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I think everything I'm going to guess, you're going to have an answer for me. I'm going to guess that you didn't plug it in right. I'm going to guess that one of the pins is bent. I'm going to guess that there's a problem because what you're describing should not have happened. So okay. you have to go back to square one and you have to start all over again. So okay. you're going to have to go back in underneath that dash and unplug that airbag, and you're going to have to make sure that, and the pins are usually no, spaced no, abnormal. No, no I okay. didn't unplug the airbag. All I unplugged, all I did was pull the fuse. That's all I pulled was the fuse. I didn't touch that airbag. I okay. stayed away okay. from those things. I, can't, I, I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, I, I, it, what you're what you're telling me, um, you know, just kind of goes against. You unpowered the airbag, and you tell me you disconnected. You're telling me everything. I guess you're telling me that you've already done. So I I, I can only tell you. I I just I can't help you. I I think if you have the airbag light on, you're gonna have to go find somebody with a scanner, and they're gonna have to go in and say hey, what's the matter with it, and they're just gonna say I lost the ground strap of the passenger side airbag or something like that. I I don't know, but the the, the there's it's not that the car's unfixable. It's just unfixable for you because you don't have the equipment that a normal shop would have that can communicate with the computer. So I'm sorry. To, you, you've got me, and this is the first time in six months I've had to say I have no idea how to fix your car. But anyway, good luck to you, and I appreciate you calling me. And anybody else has email questions, the easy way to get a hold of me is just email me at mark at marksalem.com. Mark at marksalem.com. And um, I answer every email, but if you'd leave me your phone number, um, sometimes I have questions, and sometimes, like, you don't even tell me what kind of car it is, and that's kind of important. And so sometimes I'll call you, and when I call you, I'm going to call you from my cell phone, and the number's blocked for obvious reasons. So um, if you tell me that uh, you're available after 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and here's a phone number, and you get a call that says it's blocked or no number given, um, it might be me. And usually, if I get your answering machine, I'll just say, hey, this is Mark Salem. I'll try you back in about another hour. And that just tells you that it, it is me. But I'll call you, and I'll identify myself immediately and say to you, this is Mark Salem, and I'm responding to your email. That way you know it's me. Anyway, mark at marksalem.com. Please wear your seatbelt. Please drive safely. And uh, 
And please, if somebody does something nice, stick your arm out the window and say thank you to them. I'll see you next Saturday.